I'm Dwayne Brummett, he's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, good morning, and uh, welcome to our guest, uh, Mr. John Gaston as well. So good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How's it going, man? Good to see you in person. I haven't seen you in a while. John. It- oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I thought you were talking with Dwayne. I'm like, oh, yeah, I see him every Wednesday. We see each other all the time. Well, it has been a while, but it's it's exciting, right? It's uh yeah. It totally is. I'm watching you. And I don't know if you remember. And by the way, well, let me quickly introduce you. So um, I got a lot of people. I talked about how we met and I posted it about you know pr- promoting our show today. And I said, oh, we, we met on the set of uh, a movie audition that we went to and we um, auditioned for the film, had dinner that night, hung out. You and I gravitated towards each other, just chatted. Uh, we ended up filming, getting parts in the movie, shooting the film for like three weeks on location, had the time of our lives, you and I, the most fun ever. Um, you saved my life once. So that's a cool thing. When we were shooting a scene and, and uh, we were, I was, Dwayne, I'm, I'm driving in a limousine. I'm, you know, like you see always in the movies, I'm hanging out, the doors open. I'm shooting a machine gun. John's inside. You can't see him. He's got me. I'm strapped into like a, a belt and he's got a rope or a chain and he's holding on to me. And the door, the whole outs, the inside of the door falls off. So I like slip and he yanks me back in the car. Saves my life because we were driving like 35 miles an hour and they're, they're for effect, they're swerving the vehicle back and forth. So the door's smashing into my ribs. I had like bruised ribs anyway. And we're like, holy crap. So he was there for me on that. And then later on, we ended up filming another movie together for two weeks in Kentucky or Cleveland, Ohio, or it's like in the backwoods, like filming. And we just had a blast, like hanging out three of us in a hotel room and, you know, kind of like a college uh, dorm room. It was just so much fun. And we've been buddies for, geez, that's goes back 97 i think it was 98 yeah 90 97 i think was the, yeah. Uh, yeah the audition yeah the cutoff right the movie the yeah. cutoff and then uh, uh but yeah we've been we know each other ever and then we filmed a short film that i produced and wrote and he flew out and he was in the film and it was called dreamweaver it was an internet release so we hung out for that as well and man it was a great time and and i've gone out and trained with him at his school and he runs like yeah. a super high level martial arts school always has been top-notch Kempo practitioner and now a personal student of Hoist Gracie um, and uh, and runs uh, multinational like multi-state schools because he just opened up a school in Florida so he's running two schools in Illinois right right by you Dwayne and one yeah, you, in Florida you're missing all the snow John yeah it's a uh... It's, it's what, you know, you wake up with those days that you made good decisions and today was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> However, it's been cold. Has it been cold by you in Florida? It has been. It's my, yeah. my house, we have a house in Pompano. My mom lives there at the house and it literally, she has her heat on. It was like 38 degrees at one night thir- yeah. in Florida. Yeah, my right. mom was freezing. Yeah. There was three or four nights where it got down pretty low like that. And then, uh, uh, but then it was weird. Cause I'd like go into, you know, as you know, we're working on a school. I'd go in there like it's six thirty in the morning, and I'm in uh, a hoodie. And yeah. then some days I forgot to put a shirt on, so then I'm like, I got to run home to get a t-shirt because now it's in the sixties and I'm sweating. But yeah. When I got up, it's thirty-eight. Right, but yeah. isn't it funny to see Floridians? Like my mom, we got and we visited her in November. She's like, "Okay, I got you covered. Uh, I I made the house really cool because I know you don't like it too hot. I lowered it down to seventy-seven degrees on the AC. I'm like." That's like summertime for us. Like I'm, I, our air conditioner is at 61, 62 in our house. I go, we're sitting on the couch sweating, watching TV. My, my mom's like, okay, at night you could put it down to 73 maybe. You know, I'm like, okay, thanks, mom. It's like she's got, she got that Florida blood. You'll get that eventually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so cool. So, Dwayne, do you want to start off with some questions? I mean, I'd love to pick your brain on the school and the startup and things like that. And whatever, Dwayne, you want to talk about, we're ready to go. I, yeah, I do have a, a like a real important question to start off with, though, is you've known Allie for this long. <laughs> Here we go. Were you? Why? <laughs> well, I, thought, I thought you were going to say, were you invited to his wedding? <laughs> no, I, I was going to get there, but you stole my thunder on that. <laughs> 
So, all right. No, I'm going to give you my lighting. Hard time all the time, huh? Say that again? You guys are giving each other a hard time all the time. He always does it like, but were you invited to his wedding? Because he twins like. Because <laughs> I wasn't invited, but I know why. I know why. At least I know the excuse. The wedding, I had 30 people. I didn't want to bother my friends from out of the state. <laughs> well, that, was a, that was a shot of you. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I figured there was a backstory to it. Yeah. So, so Dwayne, another thing is I was at John's wedding when he eloped in Las Vegas at the Super Show. And how long ago? 25 years or so? That'll be uh, 20 years in May 4th. Yeah. Crazy. So, I mean, we went out to dinner. I was the first person to see them as a married couple. My ex-wife at the time, Janelle, who we, John knew, and uh, and she's still my best friend. And um, But, uh, yeah, we uh, we were there, hung out with you. We, we had a great weekend. And that was when the Super Show had just started. I think it was year two. Maybe you were a speaker. I was a speaker. It was just amazing. Just to go back in our history, it's quite yeah, great. I was, uh, I was telling someone this story the other day. I was working a booth. I was uh, consulting for United Professionals then. Yeah. And I was working a booth, and, and Amy and I weren't, weren't planning on getting married at all. We, we just like, nah, we'll just do the Goldie, Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell thing. Right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, I was doing a lot of seminars, and I had that video series with Century. And um, I was doing a lot of that. And I'm just like, well, you know, man, I don't want to be, this is cool, but I'm ready to have a family. And uh, yeah. so I said, hey, and we always talk about how non-romantic it was. Like I said, hey, you know, uh, why don't you come out into Vegas and let's spend the weekend, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and bring a, you know, dress or something. And let's talk about maybe getting married when you're here. Oh, okay. And, uh, so anyway, I worked, uh, I worked a booth and I never told anybody cause I wasn't even sure we were doing it. Yeah. And, uh, cause we both, and just between us, like we never thought for sure if we wanted to do that. Right. And, um, so I remember going up to uh, the booth and I said, Hey, at about four o'clock today, I have to leave. Is that okay? And they're like, yeah. And then I just went upstairs. I just, I think I taught a seminar like at two. Yeah. And I went back to the booth, talked to some people and then literally went to my room, changed, Got picked up in the limo. They took us to the, the city hall. We did our, all our paperwork, and then they took us to chapel. Come back. You're the first person I run into. Yeah. Like, hey, we just got married. That's great. And you're like, what? And I go, yeah. He goes, well, I'm taking you to dinner. So that that's, you know, <laughs> I told him the other day, like, you know, it's not like a really romantic story, but it was. But that's pretty romantic. I like it. Well, I, yeah, it's very unique though, too. You know, so you're gonna you're you're coming up on your twentieth. Twentieth, May fourth. Yes. Yeah, so on my twentieth is today. Wow! Congratulations! Congratulations! Awesome! Yeah, so, that's great. I didn't know that. And we're running, we're running parallel all this time. You're pretty close. Yeah, yeah. But now you moved, so you, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're on the east side now. So now, so so I remember years ago you had opened up a school, and we and I was opening up a school simultaneously. And I tried to find the notes, but we were going back and forth and we wrote like a, a almost like a list of all the things that do. people don't think of that to do. Yeah. And we we're going like, oh, yeah, we didn't think, oh, you got to get the phone. You got to get the Internet. You know, you got to make sure that you do this and that permits. And we had like a list of 100. And I, I'm going to try to find that, but like 100 yeah. things to do to open up a school. And, and we were in live doing it so we were like oh yeah that's something that i ran across today and you're like oh yeah i had that problem last week and we wrote them all out um but that was pretty interesting at how we went through that at the same time and wrote that stuff so i'm going to try to find it maybe i could make a pdf yeah. and post it for yeah. everyone to there's a lot of um you know as you as you know when you're opening and, and especially there's just always a lot of little details but the 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 challenge that i had is here i am in florida right i don't know like setting and up corporation in florida is totally different totally different illinois yeah everything i ever did was illinois and, yeah you know and so I, I i did it too and i had a school down there in boynton beach and by the way don't forget you have to always renew your corporation every year i didn't know that so yeah. when two year we're like oh i didn't renew it and the corporation went dead and i got a fine and um so like that's not in new york it's just once you open it up it's open forever until you close it. It. Until, until you do until you um 
requested to be closed. Right, right, exactly. Same, yeah. way, same way in Illinois, I think. Yeah, and it's funny that the landlords in Florida, I mean, like the, if our rent was late one day because of the mail, the guy was you know, putting on a, sending us out a notice of eviction. He was like a terrible landlord. I like couldn't, I was unbelievable to me. Like he was, you know, um, always charging interest rates, raising the prices. And they had all these clauses that you could do it almost everything that they wanted to do. It was very landlord friendly yeah. in Florida. Yeah. So, so tell us about your, what made you want to open up a third school? Now you're in Florida. Did you want to transition to warmer weather? And that was kind of your motivation or is, what, what happened? Like what, what made it happen? You know, I, I think it, um, you know, it, it, as you know me, I'm fully transparent. I'm that guy that will tell you the pains, the, the challenges, as much as I will talk about any victory or, um, you know, positivity of it. Right, too. right. Uh, really, it was our plan in like three to four years to do that. And um, obviously, there was a mind shift that I, that I took um, that I was, I was ready to take a couple years ago. But uh, with, with the Florida thing, it really came down to um, – uh, my my daughter, who never was never going to go to college, and my son did the same thing. So they're one year apart. Right. Seniors. Neither one of them. They swore college off, like they never wanted to do it. So then Jet came. Uh, my son came to me, and he, he ended up at Carbondale this year. And then um, you know my then my daughter, who was always going to take over the school. That's all she said she was there. Right. Right. Now she's like, hey, I don't know if I want to do that, and I want to go to college. And so that's good. And then she picked the college down here. And to be honest with you, it was just a matter of like, just looking at things, uh, you know, that was probably the major, the, the major thing on making it happen now, because obviously a 12 month residency, yeah. um, her, her college would, would literally be uh, $35,000 less a year by being mm -hmm. in Florida as a resident than it would be in Illinois. Wow. Um, so, you know, and then there was other circumstances like, you know, hey, we've gotten it to the point where uh, I'm pretty much, I go in and I teach because I want to teach. Right. And I do my meetings uh, with the staff in the, you know, in the mornings I'm there. And then two days, or two days a week. And then two days a week, I'm there to do the physical training uh, with them. And, and really that's, honestly, that's more of training it's, right. than, than it is uh, work, like lessons or anything. So, you know, I think it was, um, I had already kind of that mindset and shift started to take place a couple years ago. Okay. Uh, that's kind of what, what made the, the move now. You know, it was kind of literally, literally we made the decision in seven, seven weeks after my daughter told me that we had signed a lease down here. And wow. we had been coming, you know, as you know, Mike Albenzi, who also yeah. at the same time, uh, I've been coming down here doing seminars with him since 90, 97, 98 yeah. uh, for his school. And then Steve Del Castillo is here. And there's a couple other people that I had always come down here and done seminars for. Uh, and then we were part of, uh, the, the mass thing for our summer camp, uh, with Dwayne Spires. So we were coming down here like three, four times a year Okay. Uh, for the last couple of years. And then I've been coming down here since 97. So this was an area we always liked and you know, let's just, we just literally, let's do it. Okay. That's awesome. What, any, any thoughts, Dwayne? Yeah. I, I just wish that I would have made that decision too, I guess, you know? I tell you, I, I, you know, well, you worked for like a year in Florida, right? Didn't you live there prior? Like before we, we worked together with Member Solutions, weren't you working down in Florida? You lived there for a little while? Me? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah with you, United Professionals. Actually, in um, 2001 to 2002 on the um, Coral Springs. So right. Coral Springs, uh, Boca, Deer, Deerfield. I think our apartment was actually Deerfield Beach. Well, that's where I, I live. I'm in uh, my house down there is in Pompano, and then Deerfield is literally 15 right. minutes down the road. But my school yeah. was in Boynton, which is a nice area, and Chunk yeah. Park has a school up there as well. Yeah, he's, um, he's but, got, I think he's got multiple schools in that area. Yeah, yeah, and um, it was it was tough running the school. Well, my goal was to listen. If if I had a guy and the guy approached me, put up all the money um, uh, until the money ran out, and he didn't want to put up any more, and then he wanted to rely on me, and I refused to do it. And then he refused to do some of the work. He was really more like, "Hey, I'd rather spend time talking on Facebook about why you should join my school than going out and meeting people and doing the legwork." So it was just hard because I'm that kind of guy who wants to get in and do it all. Um, but, uh, but it was tough because if I'm not there, what could you do? You just got to rely on trying to motivate the person who's in charge. But now that you're there, 
Um, you're running everything. I see you're doing trial classes. You had a picture of a kid already in the class and you're signing people up already and, and so on. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not even really officially open. Um, you know, I think with, with the, just across the, the country right now, there's, um, there's, there's so many delays on a shipments and everything. Right. And, um, you know, and then two, we've had a couple snags with, with construction time. Cause we, we signed the lease. Uh, we looked at um, about, I think we physically looked at about 13 locations. There was one prior to this that we, we thought we were going to sign for. Yeah. We, they did the letter of intent. They accepted it. We did the terms, uh, everything. And then all of a sudden communication failed. And that was like maybe the week before Thanksgiving. And then nothing happened. So then I started looking for a backup because I'm like, ah, something's got to be going on. Yeah. Let's a backup plan because I just want to get going. Yeah. Um, and uh, ran across the one that we're in now, and I just went. And it, the other one, I had a leasing agent. This okay. one I went ahead and went in and negotiated my, myself, um, and the one that we ended up in. But by the time we negotiated, you know, all the terms, taking your time to make sure you negotiate the proper terms and and everything. Uh, you know, did the demographic studies and everything. Obviously, of course, first, uh, then negotiate the terms. By the time we did that, we picked up the key. By the time we got everything signed. With the with the landlord's um, team, their their legal team, we got the key Tuesday at 5 p.m. the Tuesday before Christmas Eve on Friday. So wow. then, like everything sat still because nobody yeah. was coming out to work till the yeah. first of the year. So really, most of everything that with 90 percent of what we have done has literally been January 2nd to date. Wow. That's terrific, man. That's amazing. And you, I see the photos and the videos and it's really coming together. Yeah. So that, that's awesome. You, you brought up the demographics. What were you looking for with regards to demographics? Yeah. Cause it was like this location that we did, for example, I mean, there, obviously there's a certain family demographics. We, we wanted to make sure that we were getting uh, neighborhoods that we were buying neighborhoods. We looked at how many grade schools uh, in the area, the, the neighborhoods, which one income, which households had children. Um, and it was a, it was a really fine line because there literally was right by the school to what I want to say, let's, let's say, um, I think in this case, it would have been East and Southeast of that. The demographics didn't fit for us whatsoever. And then it almost ruled out this location. And actually I ended up calling a, uh, a realtors who is trying to help us also find a house. And I said, let me, let me ask you this. What, if this location is that a fine line? And, right. um, you know, because I know that there's certain communities, right? Like there's a street that literally could be a wall. Like right. this community will not drive past this location. Yeah. And I go, am I going to appeal to, you know, West Chase, Keystone, Odessa, if I'm in this location or should I be on the other side of Shelton? Right. And she's like, no. And she goes, actually, they're going to be completing this, this other drive, which is going to open up. Okay. Uh, that area even to you more. Wow. So she gave me a lot of good advice. So that was, um, you know, one of the things, because I was a little just concerned because the demographics like closest to the Academy, to the, to the, uh, literally to the East and South of us. So kind of behind us yeah. was not the demographics that were favorable for that to be a successful business. That's, that's amazing. I, I once had a location where, my friend said, don't go where you're going to go. And I'm like, why? It's a perfect area. He said, because it was like a south of the highway. And then the north of the highway was, and there was a four lane highway in between with like probably three exits before you could turn around. So if someone missed the exit, they had to go three exits down the road to turn around and then drive all the way back. It was a nightmare. So I did not draw at all from that north side. Like it was almost like, they, they're like, no, no, we won't even cross that divide. So that's an interesting thing. Like, you know, I'm glad yeah. you looked at that because that could make or break you right there. No, absolutely. And, you know, think about it like um, the younger version of all three of us probably have done this. You see a building like, oh, that would be so cool. I could put in two floors. Right. Look at all the that's cool. It's got an overhead door. I can open that up for training and we could have the air. You know, we start you, we never you, uh, we looked at it as what would be a cool training facility. Right. Opposed to what will give us the opportunity to hit more families and create a business model that will allow our, our, our instructors to have careers. Right. You know, and, and that's, you know, so just looking at it different, I think, you know, I think it's an evolution probably all three of us have made. Right. But yeah. there's, there's still school owners that just want to, Oh, that's a cool building. 
you know? Yeah. Well, however, I bought a building like that, which is like my school now where I'm at is literally in a residential neighborhood. I think Dwayne went to it. I mean, might have, I took him to it, but if you drive down the block, there's nothing but residential houses and then a few commercial apartments and buildings. So you, no walkthrough traffic, no drive-by traffic. It's literally in the woods, backwoods. However, I drive everything through marketing, but I don't have that barrier like it's open to the whole community right i just got to get people to know where i'm at but you're right though like you could have a a wall where literally people won't cross over or my good buddy adam lux has that in michigan where he always says to me no that's on that side of the whatever it is uh, highway people won't travel to my end of the road from that side and i'm just astonished by that but it's it's how it works yeah and i think it's that you know that's the biggest thing i think with um you know, with the experience of running academies for, you know, going to the 40th year, you know, of teaching now, um, you know, it's just about at the time I met you, uh, it, it was, did we, um, you know, I'd only went full time in 96. I yeah. taught part time and worked during the day. And yeah. Full time from 82 to 96. Right. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of those that you just evolve, you just evolve yeah. over time and, so well, and there was a, a gentleman that I worked with, um, and he no longer is in operation. But he, uh, which says something about my coaching, doesn't it? Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he had a location. He uh, and where he was at was fine. But it, it, there was another location that was uh, a storefront. You know, had a grocery store next to it, um, double the size. And I said, you know, look. You, you can't afford this, like just because it's it's, uh, you know, right on the beaten path and it's right where you want it. Right. You, I can just assure you that, yes, drive by traffic is not going to be what you think it's going to be. Right. You know, and uh, I, it, he didn't last, but maybe a, a year, year and a half in that location. And I mean, literally closed the doors and no longer teaches martial arts anymore. And you're right where we, we get in our, our egos get in the way where we think, oh, this is going to be cool for X, Y, or Z, or whatever, yeah. as opposed to what's most beneficial for the business. The and, vision, right? That that imaginary yeah. vision of what you want, yeah. Well, look, we, we are the uh, only full-time martial arts school in our community. Um, we are the only school that is off the beaten path. I'm in an industrial park. And you are behind. Like, when I went to your school, yeah. you're kind of tucked away. I, yeah, but it's marketing and it's word of mouth, and right. and it's and it's also setting up, you know, even on the phone script when you, before you hang up, right, where you say, so you know where we're located, and they go, yes, then you know we're located behind Homestar Bank off of North Street and Bradley. Oh, you're not the one. No, that's not us. Yeah, we're, yeah. I'll, t- I'll and now now we can go. I, I I'll text you the location, you know, that type of thing, which is common practice now for us anyhow, you know. But it's it's just interesting that. Some of us, unfortunately, um, and even even uh, us, you know, ourselves, but we got into those situations where we did let our egos get bigger. You know, when before we moved to the location that we're at now, we had a 1500 square foot facility and we were just we blew it out in, in two years and we needed a bigger place. Well, then, Ali, you know, the place that I'm at now. Yeah. You know, it's 4,700 square foot. I've got two two floors. And uh, once COVID hit, it really made me to think, okay, do I really need two floors? Because we weren't really operating both floors at the same time at 100% capacity. And so uh, what I did over this last Christmas break was uh, I remodeled the whole front room. It's all one big floor. Again, another 1,100 square foot of floor space meaning, you know, training floor space in my front room. And by the end of this month, that lease for that back room will be done. And so my, uh, my, my overhead is going to be cut in half this year. Nice. nice. So John, John, do you have any, like speaking of what Dwayne had just said, do you have any rules of thumb, like to share with the listeners of like, what, what, pe- what, number one, opening up a secondary location. I think you and I've had conversations. You went from one to two, we had a conversation and I'm like, listen, you either can do it or can't do it. it. These are the pros, these are the cons, and they're always pros and cons to both. But now you're up to three locations. So what advice do you give to people first before they open their second location? And, you know, and you know, what should they prepare to mentally do that or not? And what are your thoughts? I, I like how you hit on the mentally, because for me, it was um, a long, 
you know, it, it was a, a different route for me. And, and I remember like I would talk to people and, you know, if you talk to like certain consultants in our industry, yeah, they will almost, they will almost say, you know, you need to have multiple locations. You're still working your location. You don't know what you're doing. Right. right. And I remember one time I just had to tell a consultant like, Hey, um, listen, I, I was making six figures in 96. Right. And I walked away from that because this was my passion. And so I say that to say that for me, running the one school and doing what I wanted to do for a living was why I was hands on. It wasn't right. it wasn't that I had to be. But definitely when I made that decision, I realized there was weaknesses that I had uh, in, in doing that. You know, and, and I think and, and I, I say that because. If the same information that made me shift was information that maybe four or five different people had told me. Right. And, you know, even yourself would have told me, but I mentally wasn't there yet because I still wanted yeah. one, the one location for me. And that's what people say all the time. You know, we ran mega. I mean, we did. I mean, it was never my academy when it was just the one location, never was less than 450 people. It peaked one time at 725 with, with a fitness thing in it. Uh, group with it so um but i just had to be ready for that so i think that is a mental and, and you know i um i heard a heard a guy once say your numbers are your truth right and in me and, and when I, I really reflected on that it wasn't a numbers as in like finances it was what what our truth there might be a school owner that just wants to do one location right there might be um someone who loves to teach, but is not ready to give up. They also love their career. Right. They want to be bi bivocational. Yeah. And they don't want to be full time. So I think that in order, there's ones that are working that want to, to uh, go. And I think so. I think there's levels. And I mean, I've never really thought this out. So I'll just kind of say it. Yeah. I think, you know, you're either going to have to become where you become self-employed. Right. And, and when you're self-employed, what is it that you're trying to achieve? Do I want 200 school, 200 students and just do martial arts because I love to teach and I want to be active? Or right. do I want to become uh, that and eventually train staff? Right. Because there's the next level. Once I start training staff, then things got to be different. But when you train right. staff for a multiple location and take on maybe that CEO role now, that's a completely different game. Yeah. And um, I think the biggest change for me was to say, okay, and, and uh, Hanji Dave Kobar was the one, like, just in a friendly conversation in the hallway, because I was ready to hear it. Right. With his hand on my shoulder, said to me, how many hours do you still teach? And I said, oh, like 18. He goes, on a personal friendship level, I want to challenge you to teach nine. And took the other nine and train your staff to become you. Right. So I still taught 18. I just shifted. Yeah. What I was teaching. Um, so I think that was the big shift. And, you know, so I think it's um, one is I, I want to say that I think some school owners, some consultants will almost shame school owners that if you're not if you're in your school and you're teaching, you don't know business. No, he knows his heart. Get out right. of here. Listen to your heart. So you can't judge that. And I had that I had that debate with two two high high level guys that I respected. Yeah. I made it like I don't want to. I was making more money than you in 96. So don't tell me I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I wanted to do that. So I think it's one is you got to know what you want to do. Yeah. Your numbers is your truth. My right. truth was one location. I wanted to be hands on. I wanted to do what I do. And now it is, um, you know, I'm all the, um, I think the, the multiple locations, but there was a mind shift that had to happen to that. Oh, and I wanted and failed. Yeah, because I did not take the time to yeah. make it scalable. I could write all the phone scripts and I could do all that, but I never made a shift to make it where I taught you repetitively how to do it. Yeah, you you told me a story once, and I always use this story, so I steal it from you, and I but I give you credit for it. Is that um, you were talking with Hoist Gracie, and Hoist said to you, um, "Hey John, uh, how much do you practice the choke?" something like that and he, yeah. and he said you know over he, how much you teach it and when the person doesn't get it do you go over it and over it? and you said yeah until they get it right and then i keep going over it more and more and more and then he turned to you and said well why don't you do that with your staff yes something like that right and yeah, absolutely. It, 
and and that was like big for me because you know we I run multiple schools six in my area and and four out of the country I I kind of got out of that thing only because I just wanted to cut back like I was at a point in my I'm 57 yesterday was my birthday and um I was like you know I just I'm happy where I am now like I don't need to have the three or four locations everyone's always asking me to open up another one I'm like hell no I just closed my my headquarters school so I could have one just because that's where I'm at like I have I'd have no desire to be anywhere else. Well, you combined them. You didn't. I, well, exactly. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And some people wrote, they were, some of my haters were so happy. Like you closed your school. Good for you. You finally got closed down. I'm like, no, I moved all the students to the one location. That's all, yeah. you know, but, um, but anyway, so what are you, what are your thoughts with that? Like I've trained staff and you talk to your blue in the face sometimes. And it's even like with students, Johnny, turn your hand this way and throw the punch this way. And then they look at you, yes, sir. And then you turn around and they're doing it exactly the way you told them not to. So what are some things you could teach people about staffing, like how to, you know, repetitive training, but there's got to be something more to it to get it to stick, right? So what what have you learned about that? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I really, from that, that story that I shared with you is when I just start thinking, okay, this is a, this is no different than a technique. Yeah. You know, and how many times do we teach a front kick? Right. You Forever. Know? And, and we don't get mad at the yellow belt because they're not doing the front kick right, you know, after after six months. Right. You know, from white belt to now yellow belt, you know, six months didn't make you any better. Now you're just figuring out how not to fall down as much. Right, right. But then all of a sudden we show the phone script one or two times. We're like, what part don't you understand? Right, right. And you walk away and you're like not doing your job. Yeah, but it, but it, if you think about it in the sense that, you know, I know the front kick. But does it mean I can pad up and score with the front kick and sparring? Right. Well, when someone calls you, that's an interactive exchange. You Maybe they take you off script. Maybe right. maybe it's a totally different conversation. Yeah. You don't know how to adjust to that. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, so it really made me like, okay, we just got to continue doing this. And it, I think there's, there's staff members that, you know, sometimes too, when you say, hey, we're going to do this again. Oh, man, I got that down. Well, do we have do we have room for one percent improvement? Right. right. You know, so I might have it down, but can you do it in your sleep and can you do it a hundred percent every time? Right. You know, and um, you know, obviously I think it's just that training and then obviously and then knowing your stats in a sense, not to always know your numbers, but um we know like with us, we know that our, our program directors are usually, you know, you can go by the general rule of the industry, the 80-20, but right. we know that our program directors are usually at 86% enrollment conversion. Okay. So when it gets to 80, we know that we're, we're slipping a little, so let's fine tune it. Let's, let's go over. So we'll just like, tell me what you do at this stage. Yeah. And the other day, I just sat with a guy who's, who's doing great. I mean, he, yeah. signed up, he signed up 25 people in the Illinois school. Um, and then uh, 10 in the Rochester small town community of, of school. So yeah. I mean, we did 35 enrollments in a month. Right. But he said something to me that this and this, and I go, listen, that is good, but there's something I can do to help you tweak that. Right. It's going to make an improvement. Because there was one person that, that he lost, he didn't understand why. And I'm not saying that phrase did it. So even like then it's just like, okay, Let's tweak that because maybe, maybe what was the difference between uh, someone who's winning in a tournament and someone that's like a superstar that nobody can touch? Right. It's that 1% difference. Yeah. You know, that's funny when I tell my tournament kids or team people and I say, you're winning and you're doing great, but when you lose sometimes, don't be upset. The only way you're going to win all the time is by being so far better and outstanding and that takes a lot of practice. So right now you're kind of on the cusp of winning and losing. But when you're outstanding, there's no denying how good you are, right? Yeah. And I guess it's the same thing with a team, right? You got to have a team that's fully, you know, fully on board. And they want, how do you instill in people the desire to want to be better? Like, have you ever had a staff member? Like, I've had people that I go, hey, if, and before I even hired them, I had a bunch of people and I wouldn't hire them, right? I would say, uh, if I gave you a book to study at home on how to become better at your job, would you do it? And they said, oh, no, no, only at work. I would read it at work when I'm getting paid, but not at home. And I would never hire them because they had no desire to be better. Um, how do you instill that? How do you, how do you make people want to, you know what I mean? Be yeah. better what they do? You know, I, I don't know if you can. You know, it, it, I... Um, you're, I, and I just had this, I just told this story too last week 
because uh, obviously we're in, a, in, in this new, so there's these, these conversations pop up in this, this initial phasing. Um, but um, a, a pastor at a church I was going to called me and a buddy of mine and asked us to go to lunch. And I'm, we're th- I'm thinking, oh, what, you know, oh, what do they want? They're going to ask for donation. They're going to ask. Right, right. But, you know, I respect him enough to go. And when we got there, it completely wasn't. What he was doing was asking us how we hire people. Hmm. And because wow. he was getting ready to hire and he had, he had hired some people that didn't work out. Yeah. And in that process, I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. So here he was going and he goes, and I got two of you that are in different industries. You being private, uh, uh, independently, private, small business, privately owned. And then uh, my buddy was a GM for a, a large car, uh, two large car dealerships and that he didn't own, but owned by a guy who runs like owns 10. Yeah. So, um, but it was interesting because in, he actually gave me, the, the, the pastor gave me this information. He was like, there's a church, it's a mega church up in Chicago. And he goes, I was talking to him and he says, I don't interview him. I give him, I, I interview him, I meet them. And then there's three other people that interview him. They, they do an hour with each person. And he goes, then what I do, they're dismissed. Then what I do is I interview those three people they interview. And I always ask, how were they? And he goes, if the word remarkable or great or amazing does not come out, I don't hire him. Because if you're not remarkable or amazing or incredible, it's only a decline after we hire him. Right, right. I'm like, wow, incredible. So I, I say that to, I think, in the martial arts, one is I, I, you have, you can't come in. I think you got to be passionate about martial arts, but you can be passionate about sharing it. With right. People. Like your life has had to have been impacted. You have to be positive, so passionate about, yeah. about sharing that. And I think that's the longevity. You know, I think anybody can say, hey, you, you know, um, I want to do this for career to be cool. Yeah. That is someone, you know, and, and we talked about evolving the school owners, right? How many times have school owners hired that parent in the lobby because that parent might have been in sales and now all of a sudden they're unemployed and we're like, oh yeah, I can pick them up now. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now that's, that's the wrong thing. If they were good, they wouldn't be unemployed. Right. Right. So again, we evolved through all this stuff, but I think, um, you know, I don't know to the question was, I don't know if, um, if we can teach someone to be excited, to be passionate. That yeah. person who didn't want to go home and read that book. Yeah. They really want to be good at their job. Exactly. I hired a guy once who was uh, a parent of a kid and he was literally like a biker looking dude, and, uh, you know, long hair, hadn't showered in days, leather vest, and he's like depressed, leaning against the wall. Uh, I'm out of work, man. I did like, and I'm like, wow, you need a job? And I'm like, that was my qualification. He was a warm body. He was available. Yeah, he was available. That was it. I was like, I'll give him a job. He did work for me for many years, though. It turned out to be a good choice. But um, but I, that was my criteria. I didn't go through the whole process of having them really work to, to prove themselves that they're worthy of a, a good quality job. Right. Right. And I think making uh, and I've talked to both of you guys about this, but I think making hoops, um, you know, jumping, making them jump through hoops. So, you know, we did uh, we just hired somebody about a year and a half ago. And John, I don't think I ever shared with you the, the system, but I know we talked about it on the right. phone. Yeah. Yeah, but just real quickly, just for the listeners, um, and I think we did a podcast on on this, but, uh, you know, they had to fill out a form and and then that that form, something happened. And then from there, they uh, had to email something back. But but in the email, the instructions was they had to put uh, in the subject line pink elephant. So anybody that didn't put in the subject line pink elephant, they're they're just totally disqualified. Like I'm not even going to look at the resume. And then after looking at the resume, they got a text that uh, they were supposed to uh, show up or no, read the script and to call this recording line and actually read the script as if they were giving, you know, on a phone call with somebody. It was like they were leaving a message. That's what it was. They're leaving a message on someone's answering machine. And then if I agreed with how they sounded and how they did, if I could tell that they actually practiced the script, which was funny because there was individuals that you could tell they just called the line and, and were reading it. Like they didn't even put any work into that. Um, then they got another text to um, schedule a, 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 an actual phone call, phone interview. And if they didn't call me 
you know, with on that time, like they had to call me at that time. And there's 60 seconds, right? You have 60 right. seconds to not screw up. <laughs> and uh, those individuals, I didn't even pick up the phone when they called uh, either before or after. Um, and then from there, then we'd go to physical interview face to face. So there's hoops that they had to jump through in order to, you know, in order to, to be qualified. And we actually then interviewed, we interviewed three people and to Allie's recommendation, we hired two of them because uh, there was two finalists and we couldn't decide which one to hire. And one did end up fizzling out and the other one's still there. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And then rather than putting it, and I like that because rather than putting your in the one person and then three months later, they, they leave you and you're back in the process again. Did you well, have when we told them that we have another school that's going to be opening up, you know, some of it could be done remote. Uh, but once the school actually is, uh, you know, in full session, we would need you to be there. And, you know, they both said that they would be willing to do that, start out this one and then one move. But uh, obviously if they fizzled, one of them fizzled out. You were saying something I cut you off, John. No, no, no. I, I, I like that. I like that process. You know, we do, a, and as you and I talk on the phone, a very similar one, but I liked how you had the, uh, cause the, in, in, to refresh my memory, and maybe you said it too, the uh, elephant, the pink elephant or whatever. Yeah, the subject is, line, yeah. That is somewhere in the thing that they're reading, right? Yeah. So if they didn't finish it and they just kind of glanced through it, then it already tells you this person's not thorough, right? And I, 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 I like that. I like that. Process. I'm always afraid, though, honestly. I'm listening. I, when Dwayne told me this, I'm listening to it going like, man – that's hard to get people to do that. You know, and I, I know like, for example, my, my daughter, she, I'm so proud of her. She graduated college in her field. She just got a job, but she interviewed like 30 jobs over the telephone during COVID and computer. And she finally landed a job working for Macy's full time, high paying salary. I'm super proud of her, but um, she gets, she gets angry because she's like, people shouldn't be out of work. It took me like 37 interviews and I did two internships to get my, the right job. And she kept going, but she goes, the majority of people won't do that. I know so many people have tried to get a job, two jobs. And then they're like, I'm out of work. I can't find work. I'm like, I would literally, I've always been the kind of guy that would be out shoveling horse manure if that's what I needed to do to pay for my family and my bills, you know? So like, I don't understand why people don't. And then they're, they're, unemployed. It's not like they're working or got a better job. They're just not working and they don't want to go through those hoops. I thought Dwayne would be in trouble, but he found a, a good person or two good people. And then one ended up being, he's, they've been around for a while now, right? It's been how long? Eight months? A year and a half. So it's crazy. Yeah, yeah no, that, I, I like that system. You know, it's, um, what's that, what's the saying? How I do anything is how I do everything. Right. So they're, they're telling us who they are right from the beginning. Yeah. If we're really looking at that rather than thinking, oh, you know, and I've taken on staff members that right from the beginning, I just didn't think they were good. And yeah. I, should, I should have listened to that. Isn't that weird how we second guess ourselves too? Like that's yeah. another, that's always been my problem. Hiring. Well, I think as martial artists, we just, we think we can fix everybody or we can help everyone. That's yeah. what my biggest thing was. I'm like, oh, I can change this person. Yes. Help them. They'll understand. I am sensei. Yeah, you're you're the man. I, I understand. I, I had that. I once hired a girl. Literally within an hour, I walked out of the office, walked back in, and I could see her reduce the screen on the on the computer. I'm like, what did, what were you on? Nothing. I'm working on typing in what you asked me. And then I walk over. I said, can I get in there? And I click it, and boom, it's right on her social media page. I'm like, okay, this is it. Just pack up. You're gone. Like already they found within an hour of getting hired, they found a way to cheat right away. I'm like, what the hell? Well, I was good at that one person. I, I normally would have had to sit down and given them 27 different warnings and maybe even a bonus to encourage them, you know, like whatever I could do to try to make it work. But you got to be quick to the cut, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so knowing what you know now, John, what are you doing differently moving into this, this new location? Well, you know, it was interesting because down here, I didn't know anybody and I didn't have any staff. And then it was real hard to even like hire because what do I promise you? Because I got like zero students right now, which means zero income. Right. right. And then, um, but, you know, just knowing the system and, um, I did an interview with uh, four people, and we ended up with um, a, a really good guy, and uh, that that actually ended up being like martial art level two, um, 
was um, was was phenomenal, and uh, he's worked out really, really well. Uh, and he's been helpful. You know, he's in that training process. Like right now, um, I'm doing all the I'm doing all the intros, and we're pretty much doing just like I did the second location. I'm there at the startup phase, but our second location in Illinois by the fourth month, I was weeded out. I mean, I weeded myself out, and it was okay. over time. And that's what we'll. You know, I don't want to say that's what we'll do here, but yeah, that's the plan. And it's just, but at the same time, not just throwing him in. And um, so, like I said, we're not open yet. However, I've done, uh, we've done uh, seven intros and I've had him just, I got him off to the side. I don't even have him on the mat with me, but we, uh, I have our intro process outlined and then I have a YouTube link on a, just a document. I don't have like a, a, a complete online thing yet, which is the plan to do, but Right now, he can just go, he can read, like, this is the stage of when I meet and greet, and then it shows me meeting them at the counter, and right. giving them the tour of the school, and then the introduction to the parent, what is this about? Here's how the intake form. All these steps are there, and now I'm letting him see it live. So he's trained in that for, like, four weeks. Now he's seeing it live. Um, and, um, you know, next week, I will actually, because this will only be the second week, like, when we're doing intros. Um, so what actually we're in eight days of intros, right? Um, Tuesday and last Tuesday was the first and then Wednesday. So today would be the eighth, eighth day of it. And um, next week, I'm going to give him like a little segment to do in that intro. And then okay. I'll role play that with him. And then the same thing is like teaching him the protocol of how the classes start. So um, good martial artist, but he has never, uh, he's been, he's, he's, good in the sense that the school that he's at uses him to be that guy that takes a brand new student uh -huh. and works with them to get them caught up, but not lead a class. So, 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 so he works or trains at a different school. Yeah. And, and he's coming to work for you at your school because that school doesn't have the opportunity for him. Right. You're, you're giving that to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in in jujitsu. And it's, right. it was interesting because the background, his background was equal to, because um, not all jujitsu people, for example, use the, the self-defense, the great right. self-defense. They just do the rowing. Right. And, but he also had the striking, but he lacks the karate martial art background. Right. Right. Um, so we know that he's good in this. In the process I do, Dwayne, different uh, with it added with an instructor, I should say, everything that you did. Um, and I don't know if I had this conversation with, with you when we talked on the phone. For the instructors, then the third, third part of their interview is a workout with us. Because, and I always tell them, I don't want to put you on the spot that you're like, oh, I'm not going to judge you if your elbow flares too much on your cross compared to what I think it should be. But I need to know kind of where your uh, martial art background is in foundation or you have to be coachable for us to teach you how to teach our way. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, that's what we did with him. And he was phenomenal in that. Super that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Do you, so then right now, primarily, are you doing like Google and Facebook? On, on hiring? Uh, no, no, no. Just uh, getting the students in. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of okay. Facebook and we're starting to, um, starting to do business to business. But okay. you know, again, that's, that's more difficult with me just being brand new here. Um, you know, those are the challenges I face. Cause like when I do it in Springfield, all I gotta do is call someone and I've been there for 40 years. Like almost everybody knows me. Like yeah. the student, the, uh, our very first student that, I shouldn't say the very first student we signed up. My very first call down here was somebody who owned restaurants in Springfield and they live 45 minutes from the academy wow. north of here. But he called me and said, listen, did I just see that you moved to Tampa and you're opening up a school? And I go, yes. He goes, perfect. I've been trying to uh, – his, his son was only in our summer camp. Um, I've been trying to find a martial art program similar to the one that I watched at your place. I couldn't. And I go, well, where are you at? And I said, hey, man, that's going to be like a 45-minute trip. And he goes, you're worth it. Right. Oh, so, you know, and it's based on that relationship, right? It was like yeah. I didn't have to work for that. So, you know, you get a little uh, – I'll say complacent, not lazy, but like in Springfield, it's so easy for me to call a business and say, hey, uh, uh, Alicia, would you like to, how would you, would you want to work with us? Like we, we'll advertise your business, you advertise. And I can call 10 business owners to get that done because they know, we know each other and they know us. Yeah. You know, here, nobody knows who I am. Right. 
now it's like literally back to hey this is who i am how do yeah I yeah yeah have you ever yeah. have you guys ever seen the show undercover billionaire i've heard of it okay uh, is that the one was grant cardone in that one grant, the, that's the second season that i watched that first if you haven't seen it watch it yeah. grant cardone is an absolute marvel in it it's amazing Dwayne, the premise real quick is they drop these famous three people they're competing to make a million dollar valuation on their business within 90 days and grant cardone has to go in as lewis curtis with a hundred dollars a cell phone and a truck and he has to start from scratch no contacts no business affiliates no banking info and build a business and within 90 days he built a business that was valued at 5.5 million but just That's so surprising. cool to see how they operate and his thing was relationship 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 he said a contacts equals contracts. That was his big line. I love that. Like, so it was very cool. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It was a great business show. And it didn't, I, I couldn't sleep. I was literally up to like three in the morning when I go to bed, I'm like, what should I do and change? And his the 10 X guy, right? Like he does yes. everything by 10. So yeah. pretty crazy. But so one, we only have a few, few okay. minutes left. So what would you say you could leave people with, um, just business advice, like maybe like a few things like single school operators on up. What do you think is maybe the most neglected thing they need to do that they don't do? And maybe what do you recommend for them other things to do on a day to day basis? Man, this might this might sound very generic, um, but it's uh, what are we how we spend our time? Yeah, right. So I said to a, a school owner that I was helping out the other day, I was talking to him at any time you need to be asking yourself and it, you got to figure out if that's going to be 30 minute window where you do these checks or, but every 30 minutes, what can I do right now for the next 30 that is going to give me a new student or strengthen a relationship with a student I already have. And if right. you do that, all your tasks are going to fall in place. Yeah. Because you got a task list, right? Yeah. But first you need to know like, your, your systems have to be in place. You have to have, um, you know, I have, how am I going to market? What's my phone procedure? What's my response process yeah. to marketing? Worst thing to do is market and have somebody come in. You have no, like, hey, man, this is, we got a really cool thing, man. I won a lot of tournaments. Yeah. Get out of kick high. Yeah. It's going to be fun. That's yeah. not, that's not a process. Um, you know, having that walk-in, that phone script, and then to the intro, uh, your story. Um, how am I taking the intro to a conversion? You got to have all those things in place, obviously. Right. And then, you know, what, what's my onboarding process? Mm. You know, was there, we establish a hundred day, uh, 90 to a hundred day onboarding process. Yep. Where we walk every student through. Yeah. Sometimes we miss that one. Like the first 10, we got all this time, but that's real hard to do at 237th. Mr. Mr. Right. 237 didn't get the same attention number to nine guy. Yeah. Um, right. So you, you systemize that into to place. But, you know, I think it's always, that is, you know, the, what you just said, Grant Cardone said, um, we're, we are in the martial art business, but we're in the relationship business. Right. They're believing in us that we can help them with their goal or they wouldn't be there. Yes. Yes. So I think it's uh, what one is it to understand the relationship business, but I think um, is what like when I'm doing, I see so many school owners that like, okay, Man, I just ain't got no leads. Well, you know, get on the phone. Like yesterday, I had to, yesterday I had to get on the phone because I had two cancels. Yeah, I shouldn't say two cancels, two reschedules. Right, we were a week out. Yeah, I want to be doing intros every day. So yeah. I'm on the phone like, hey, you know, I never had the opportunity to ask you, Kevin. Are you looking? Is this for you or for your your child? Yeah, you know, rather than saying, hey, I want to offer you, a, come on in. You know, let's, let's establish a relationship first. Is yeah. this for your child? And, you know, that's easy if you walk in my door. That's hard to do if I have to call you. Yeah. I have to say, um, and you know me, you and I, both both of you guys have been really great when I'm, and I think we've done this for each other. When I'm down and frustrated, I call you, I call Dwayne and same all around. And uh, I found like when I had my schools at the biggest, I was the least um, personable with my clientele. So then I became the figurehead, but no one really wanted to, like I could tell by my Christmas tree with the amount of gift ornaments that I was getting from the students. And it kind of like fell off at like 2005. Right. And I hadn't gotten an ornament until like last year again, I started getting these nice little cute. Or and I knew that I was reconnecting with people at a level where they thought of me as their sensei, not the head of the school. 
Right. So, uh, and that, that spark, by the way, is a massive reason for that. I could text message, I could push notifications. It has a systemized approach to it. They're one of our sponsors, by the way. And, um, and it's just made my life so much better. And I, I personally have been re re-motivated. Dwayne has said it like I, like I'm rejuvenated again, where I kind of love what I'm doing again. And I really love, like, I was just talking to my buddies today and I'm like, I don't really have a dojo where I hate half the people or they give me a hard time. I like, I really enjoy being around this, these groups of people. Like I mm -hmm. like them all. I, I enjoy their company. I know them all, the parents by their first name. It's just a great feeling. So that contact and communication, you said before you need to be working on a new student or you need to be working on a relationship with your existing students. Yeah. yeah. So powerful. And then Unbelievable. I, you got to have the systems in place, of course, but I think that's it. I, I see so many school owners that like, okay, well I've done, I don't do marketing till Tuesday. Right. Right. Okay. Well, okay. Call student. Yeah. Call somebody. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, you know, yesterday was the first time I had to do that because they were, well, one is we've only been doing intros for seven days. And once yeah. we opened it up, I just kind of, you know, uh, we use Spark Ignite. So that's, that's yeah. where we're going anyway. But yeah. then when I reach out, then it's like, oh, hey, this is the live person. Um, and and that know, makes a difference though, too, dude, that like having a automation and an email and a text message. But when you make a phone call, it's like, Almost, I had a lady the other day sign up for two kids and she said to me, I, where did you get my information? So I looked in Spark. She lit, She doesn't know who I am and where I got her info. I looked back, she was my a kickboxer in my school two years ago. And I said, you were a kickboxer. No, I never came to your school. I'm like, okay, maybe. And I look and she had like 12, 12 classes over the course of two months that she trained it. Then I'm like, do you remember the bill? And then she's like, oh, it clicked. She's like, oh yeah, oh, I love that place. And now her kids are training with me. So yeah. you just never know. And this was a dead lead that sat for years and I, I sent out a new email and boom, they're there. And I made the contact. And so you're right though, that that's so, so important. Yeah, just, and I think that's a thing that we're all scared of. You know, nobody, you know, getting a, it, um, yeah, I was, I was telling uh, my wife yesterday, uh, and then Ron was there yesterday and we were yeah. looking this reception desk and like the construction crew couldn't get in. So I'm like, I'm going to put this reception desk together. Yeah. You know, we bought this really cool one and I open up, I'm looking, I go through about three boxes before I find the, the, the instructions. Yeah. And it's like five bags of 400 pieces of bolts and nuts. Yeah. Like that. I go, you know what? I would rather walk through the mall and VI people <laughs> and put this desk together. And I don't right. like VIP of people. Yeah. So, so then I jumped on the phone like, hey, you know, this isn't what I'm meant to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jump in. I'm like, you know what? And then the three appointments I did, the next, I got on, did five phone calls, uh, two no answers. The three that I, the three that I made contact with, they're in. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Um, but, you know, yesterday I joke about it. I go, I don't know if I would have done the phone calls, but I didn't want to put the desk together. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's true, right. Well, but also that's a higher level paid activity yes. too. I think exactly. the school owners, most school owners would have put the desk together. Well, it, isn't that interesting though? Like it's called the, like the low hanging fruit is what, when I coach people, they do the easiest tasks first. They leave the ones that they're most uncomfortable with, like maybe making phone calls or going and VIPing in a mall. They'll push that off as much as they can knowing that it's the most important thing, but they always take the easiest job because it's the easiest thing for them to do. Like comfortability wise, you know, comfortability wise. So I think that's what sometimes being a school owner, you don't have a boss over your head. You could do whatever you want, wake up and show up at 10 minutes before class starts. That's, I think the route to failure. I think I've always been too stubborn to let myself just be lazy. Like I always said, what if I, what am I doing? I'm sitting here doing, I feel guilty now running, being in my office during the day. Like I want to do more, you know, like, it, it, but that's just my nature. But a lot of people, yeah. owners, I don't think they're capable of driving themselves. I think that's why most of them should have a coach just to hold them accountable, if not for anything more. Yeah. And it's maybe, it could just be the habits too. They don't know what yeah. they should have. You know, it's uh, to me on that. And that's something I've always done. If I have, um, I try to do the hardest thing I have to do that day. If I've got some mother who is mad screaming at my instructors the night before, yeah. that's my first phone call of the day. Cause then right. I'm like the rest of the day gets easy. Yeah. Yeah. Swallow, swallow the frog first thing after coffee. 
and then get on with your day. Dwayne recommended that book. Well, that's uh, Brian. Yeah, Brian Tracy's book, Eat That Frog. Okay. Yeah. And I knew, you know, I, I knew that that phrase was out there, but I don't know where I got it, you know, right? I, I got the book finally, Dwayne, and started reading it. It's great. And he talks about that in the book. He says, go to the hardest, most difficult, most uncomfortable task first. The rest of the day is going to just flow. And exactly. I, I love it. So thanks. I, I got the book finally. I, I was able to get it digitally and download it. So I started reading it the other day, which is yeah. a problem for me when I read at night. I can't sleep after that because I'm so motivated. I'm like, what can I change in my business? I'm going to incorporate this. I, like, so I got to read. Maybe you need to read in the morning. I, I do read in the morning too. <laughs> That's good. But I, when I go to bed, I need to read fiction because if not, my mind is going and I'm like, I'm trying to change things and do things and so on. So but uh, so in closing thoughts, because we're already over time for you and you're so generous. It's great to have you back. And, and I hope to see you in person soon. Uh, last yeah, time when yeah. I was in Florida, we, you were really we couldn't connect, but we will. Yeah, next time so I'm down That's a long distance. Like Florida it is. It's, it's big, right? Chicago to Springfield, we're still four hours, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's a long hike, but I'll make my business to come because I visited Chung Park School when I was there. Which right. is gorgeous, like literally, like when you look at the Taj Mahal of hotels, he's got that school marble beautiful. and, and you know, it's just pristine and beautiful. And um, he's a great guy. I know him for like 35 years. It's crazy since the early member solutions APS days. Um, but uh, I can't wait to see your school. I'm, I'm looking at the pictures. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. The branding is there. So I'm excited for you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I always keep saying after 40 years, I'm starting to get the hang of it. Yeah, true. Right? How much longer can we go? Like I was, I was saying the other day, I like my hip is killing me lately. And I'm like, I think I pulled the muscle driving to the dojo, driving there. I'm like, I just don't know where the injury came from. It's been killing me. So I'm like, as I get older, it takes longer to heal. Yeah. But are we really in a in a business that we have to retire? I mean, with, with a martial arts school, I mean, I don't think you, you do. Yeah, this is what this people retire from. Um, I remember one of my buddies like, man, I got uh, two more years on the police department. I can retire and start my school. Yeah. My friend just sold yeah. his school, 70, 74 years old, been running his school for 45 years, just sold it. He teaches on Thursday nights as part of his deal of the sale that he can still teach. But um, he's at that point. I mean, I, I guess you look at your life and you say, okay, I, do I want to travel? Like for me, I want to get in an RV with my wife and daughter maybe and go around the country a little bit and then come back and teach. But I don't want to, like you said, Dwayne, have to be forced to be there every day, you know, because then it becomes a job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and John, real quickly before we go, I know that uh, Kovar had said uh, uh, something to you about, you know, going from 18 to nine with regards to the hours right. taught. What did that do for you? Like, uh, like what mental shift did you have? It, it, I think I was at the time where I wanted to do that, right? Um, like if he'd have said that same thing to me two years earlier, I'd be like, I oh, know I'm good because I'm still there. But I think I was at that point like I wanted to do that. And I took that. So it was a huge thing. One, it made me embrace where I was like a straddling line. I knew I wanted to do it. And but how do I do it? And it was just like it was just like he gave me like just to challenge this to do that. So it was a huge thing. You know, I, uh, you asked earlier, like, what was the reason of getting to Tampa? And this is a totally, completely different. I look at it as a challenge of, you know, I get up and I, I train four to five mornings a week myself physically uh, in the martial arts, rolling with guys half my age. But, you know, but I love that. And um, so I think I've embraced this whole challenge thing. And getting down here made me have to get out of my comfort zone. And um, in addition to that, it was like, I think I, I peaked in Illinois. I think there was only so much I could do in central Illinois. There was never going to be three, four, five academies in that, in that type of community because to get to the next one, you got to be an hour away. And that's hard to do. But here I felt like uh, there I could do that. So I made a comment. Ron asked me, like, what's the goal? And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be 60 this year. And I go, I haven't hit my potential yet. I know there's more for me to do. Hmm. And um, so I think that's, you know, I was in that mind shift that in order for me to do what I need to do and hit my potential, I, I, I'm past the one school doing what I want to do now. It's like, let's impact more lives and, 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 and right. do things and create careers, literally. Because nobody, uh, I think right now, if you're in this industry as an instructor, 
you have more options to you. When I started, Ali, you and I talked about this in 97. Uh, when I started, nobody, none of my instructors, nobody I knew personally was doing this as a career. They right. all high vocational. And everybody told me you can't do it. Right. You can't do it. And, you know, now it's like you can do it and you can have retirement. You can have health care. You can make a great living. Yeah. Things, you know, our industry is just at a good time for young people coming up. It really yes. is. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you taking time out of your day, sir. So good luck with everything. And uh, we'll be in touch if that's okay. Have you back on before no, the end of the year. Love to. Love to always. And I appreciate it. It was like uh, Ali and I were talking yesterday. I think I, just, I think I wrote you and wished you a happy birthday. Yes. Yes. Then we had a conversation like three or four back and forth. And it was like, hey, dude, what about being on the show? When? Yeah. Tomorrow. Okay. Okay, good. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we kind of set an idea about like in four months so we could see the progress of Love where you. you've been. And um, yeah, and if you can, you're a member of our page, which is the School Owner Talk page on Facebook. Maybe right. post some of your development. I think okay. a lot, we have a thousand members almost or close to it. I think they'd love to see it going, you know, and how you're doing it. And it would be great for the listeners and school owners to see the potential if they really did what they needed to do. Sure. Love it. All right, dude. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank have you. a good day. Thanks for having me on. Good seeing you, Dwayne. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. I just want to remind everybody to go to schoolownertalk.com. And uh, again, there's a whole mess of uh, uh, stuff that's on there that you can uh, take care of uh, all of your, uh, your martial arts wants and needs uh, by going to schoolownertalk.com. We thank our sponsors and uh, Allie and John, we uh, obviously thank you guys for being on the podcast today. Everybody have a great day. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management Group at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. GetKarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your systems. AdHealthCoaching.com, helping school owners create a whole nother revenue stream for their school. We will see you next time.